This podcast is proudly brought to you by the McLarenvale Grape Wine and Tourism Association, supporting growers in the McLarenvale wine region. Welcome to Crop Watch uh, for Vintage 2020. I'm James Hook. And I'm Jill Gordon-Smith. Good morning, James. What a glorious morning in the Vale. Oh, look, it is. We're, uh, yeah, we're out, uh, out in the vineyard again, so... It's pretty wet, as you can see. It's really wet, um, but everything's looking really bright and fresh and crispy. Well, rain will do that, you see. <laughs> yes, rain will, and that's, uh, I suppose, what we're going to talk a little bit about today. Yeah, we, well, obviously, in the last week, um, the Bureau of Meteorology has um, declared a La Nina event. Okay, so I suppose my first question to you is, what's the difference between La Nina and El Nino? Well, it, it, it was named in South America because to them, um, a La Nina is a dry, pleasant season. Yep. And an El Nino is a wet uh, season with flooding and damage. Okay, so this is where the currents sort of start. That are, yeah, the, that p- the specific ocean temperature yep. changes in a, in a nutshell. Yeah. In a nutshell. Yeah. So what does that mean for us? Well, we have the opposite. We got the opposite. So we fear... We fear, um, we fear La Nino not because of it brings the flooding conditions in the Andes. We fear it because it leads to dry seasons, in that, um, particularly in the eastern seaboard of Australia. Yep. And we like La Nina because La Nina brings wet conditions to the eastern seaboard and tends to break droughts. Right, so it affects that northern and eastern part. And, and, so and somewhat it... here as well. Okay, yeah. so because we normally, our weather, we always look towards the west, yeah, don't we? We're, we're really? more dominated by what happens in the Indian Ocean. Yeah. But if you look at what La Nina does statistically in, in our region of South Australia, we are... Um, I think 80 to 90% likely now to have more than average rainfall for spring and summer. Okay, and that, that can it's, be a really good thing. Oh, well, I, look, I'd rather it that way than not. Yeah, um, but if I just go back a few years to the last major um, La Nina event was 2011-12. Yes, yeah. What happened then? Well, it was wet. <laughs> it was really wet. It was wet at harvest. Yeah, yeah. it was wet at harvest. Yeah. So um, they're not predicting it to be as such a catastrophic or big no that that la nina event actually lasted two years right um this one's only been forecast to last until january okay Um, so however that can obviously change that can change hey it's uh, you know it's farming um so what it would tell us is that we have to be somewhat prepared for a wet season um i think i think it would be wise to plan as if it's going we're going to have downy mildew pressure um, and we're going to have botrytis yeah. risk. Which is what we're sort of, I'm heading yeah. towards with that. So what would you suggest that people start to, to think about? Oh, well, with, with downy mildew protection, um, we've had a wet period through uh, in the last week in McLaren Vale. I think we've had four seasons in the yeah. last week in McLaren Vale. Um, so, so you'll see crop washes come out over the next few weeks, which we'll have a lot of information about downy. Okay. And I think it's going to be wise for people to plan like there is a little bit around yep. um, and protect accordingly. So in dry springs, we're able to spray, um, space sprays out quite a lot, 21-day interval. Maybe this year we're looking more like a 14-day interval. Okay, so really start to plan your uh, spraying regime. To be more frequent than, than it has been in the last couple of years. Okay. Yeah. 
I, I, I think the, probably the main problem is actually be finding the time to do that but, because we're likely to have conditions where, um, similar to the last few weeks, it's either nice and warm and good and great and you can do stuff or it's miserable and drizzly and, and um, each, each southerly front that comes through is probably going to bring a bit of rain and, and drop some of the... Yeah, instead of having... Um, being able to spray 24-7, you're going to be losing days out of the schedule. I mean, and even last week, though, we had a little bit of a hail. And, yeah. and snow yeah, in I, South Australia. I mean, I've taken you out to a nice-looking vineyard because oh, we're, we're trying amazing. to be positive. There is a little bit of hail damage yep. from that um, hail event. Uh, it is nothing like what I showed you in Vintage uh, 2019. Yep, if you remember was, going yeah, out and I was showing you carnage, yeah. Yeah, it's, not, it's nothing like that. It's much, much so, lighter. So, yeah. you know, have to be prepared, but probably more gentler sort of events, hopefully? Uh, yeah, I, I, I think so. I, I would expect, as I say, above average rainfall, like yeah. they're saying, but I don't, wouldn't go far as saying you're going to see a, tw- a 2011 vintage just based on, because it's a La Nina event. Yeah. Like, like there's, you, you can't, that's like going from the letter A to the letter K in the alphabet. There's a lot of stuff in between to get, yeah. to get there. And even then, it was always about um, timing. And yeah, timing of rain. I mean, like we had a lot of rain this April. Yeah. If 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 um, we were growing grapes, that, varieties that ripened in April, well, we would say this was such a wet vintage. Yeah. But no, we grow grapes that ripen in March, and we said, "Wow, what a dry vintage." Yeah. <laughs> so it's it's just timing. It's yeah. timing. And um, what else have you been noticing around the traps? Uh, we're getting a big upsurge in, in grapevine scale, yep. um, which are like blood suckers in okay. a way. They're sap, sap suckers. I think you showed me some of those. Yeah, I've shown season. you last year. And we're seeing it in the last few weeks showing up where we've got some very uneven growth. Right. And sure enough, if you go and look at the vines that have the uneven, the weak growth, um, on a warm day, you'll see the ants running all over them. And lo and behold, there's a lot of scale. And it seems like those scale are getting mature and are going to make um, eggs again. Right. And give us another generation. Now, the textbook says you only get one generation a year. Okay, you can't always trust those textbooks. Well, I just think it's not quite <laughs> right with scale, grapevine scale, because it clearly looks like we're getting multi-generations, which is why a thing that was once a minor pest is now becoming a major pest. And that's, it's all happened in the last 10 years. And so how are you mitigating that in, uh, in your work and in the vineyards? There's a lot of work on cultural control, which would be like trying to encourage um, insects in vineyards that can prevent scale. And what insects uh, would uh, those be? They, wasps prey upon them. Okay. Um, so they actually lay their, uh, lay their eggs in the scale insect, a bit like the film Alien. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's like that. It's nice stuff. Um, so anything that can encourage flying insects into the vineyard, um, like cover cropping techniques, shelter belts, there's a lot of research on trying to have um, shelter belts around vineyards. There's, it's called the Eco Vineyard Project, okay. run by Dr. Mary Retallick. Oh, you might yep. see that. Yep. Um, sponsored okay. by um, Wine, Wine Australia and the Grape Growers Council of South Australia. You'll see those signs around because they're okay. trying to do work on insectaries, getting them in the vineyard. So um, a home for those insects that are going to be beneficial yeah. to the vineyards. Yeah. And then obviously on the other side of the fence, um, there's commercial work into using um, insecticides that get used in uh, other tree crops, like mangoes, okay. 
and, and olive trees and trying to bring them into vineyard use and work out, you know, are they, are they going to do the job for us? Yeah, as a temporary fix until we can be a bit more strategic. That's really interesting. And um, what else have you been up to? Oh, um, so I've sort of said about insects. Um, uh, we've got light brown apple moth now for the first time. Oh, my God. Yeah. No, no, first time for the well, year. First time for the year, yeah. And um, is that early or late? Uh, about, about a little bit early because, yeah. funnily enough, whilst we're talking about how wet it's been, um, vines are actually about a week, definitely a week ahead of last year and the numbers are similar to... Um, Similar to say 2015 vintage, 2014 vintage, um, and then some of the mid 2000 vintages. So the vines are actually early, like yep. quite a lot ahead no, of. No, I noticed budburst yeah. really. Yeah, budburst has gone really quickly, and um, this vineyard we're in has some 50 centimetre shoots already. Yeah, it's actually yeah. got quite a bit of growth. Yeah, um, this this growth stage is at least a week ahead of last year okay. and, and and similar to some of the what we call the early springs yeah so we're going to predict well, we, a bit of an early vintage um you know what yeah yeah you probably it probably will be you, you sort of have to play it like you see it and go yeah. well it's, it's it's at least a week ahead now um and 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 wet conditions are actually not wet conditions are good they promote growth cold conditions are not and in spring, in our regions, when it's dry, it's often a lot colder than when it's wet. Yep. And, of course, we've got, like, tomorrow's a really interesting day. We've got a 30-degree temperature planned yeah. for tomorrow. Yeah. So vines with a lot of soil moisture and 30-degree temperature are going, um, yeah, to, to accelerate and grow really quickly. So a few more bout, bouts of rain and then heat and then rain and then heat, and you'll really see vines push towards flowering and you know, I'm talking about flowering already and yeah. I, should, I actually saw a picture of flowering in Hunter Valley oh, this the, week. Yeah poor Hunter Valley this I'm, I'm really interested to see what um, La Nina brings to the Hunter Valley. Oh uh, look that's why they pay them the big bucks. <laughs> <laughs> um, well it's going to be an, again another interesting year and every time I come out in the vineyard with you I learn something new and uh, I'm really looking forward to uh, exploring and seeing what happens this vintage. These years, if you're a, 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 like into, into um, learning about grapes, are often better than the big dry ones. Because, uh, yeah, how fun is it to learn about heat damage events? I mean, I've been teaching you about heat damage. Yeah, for a, yeah I'd, much rather, I'd much rather teach you about, like, <laughs> fungus, you know? Yeah. And it'd be interesting to start when if we start doing, you know, the undivine temperatures as we get yeah, more yeah. into that yeah. and see some yeah. differences. So um, looking forward to this, James. Yeah. Uh, I'd pro- I said I'd always rather have this kind of prognosis and prediction than I would about um, you're going to break temperature rec- heat records. Yeah, so let's yeah. start off with a really positive year. Yeah. Yeah, and get, and get some wet wet conditions, a bit of life in the world and a bit of life in the vines. Absolutely. And, yeah, and run it out. Thanks, Jill. No worries, James. This podcast is proudly brought to you by the McLarenvale Grape Wine and Tourism Association, supporting growers in the McLarenvale wine region.